everyone and uh, welcome to Loading Mag NFC. We are back for another Away Days special and we, we, we've got not one special guest but two because the main man, wrong way, this way, <laughs> is back. How you doing Chris Hall? Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too, mate. It's funny actually, I think over the past uh, couple of months I've like, I've been off, then I've come back and then I went off again, then I come back. So um, I feel like I've been away for weeks and weeks and weeks, but correct me if I'm wrong, was, it, was I on the away days for Fulham? Um... Or, was it, or was I not? I was definitely on the away days recently anyway, but I feel like I've been gone for months to be fair, because I've, I've been away, I, I went uh, to a me, me friend's wedding. Um, in Montenegro, so I've been uh, been on the jollies with the family, which has been lovely. Um, and I'm now now off work now till till middle of next week. So all good, feeling very refreshed, and obviously as always, can't wait to come back to away days. Yeah, definitely, it's good to have you back as well. And look, I think it was I think it was Richie that joined me for the yeah. For the it, been, it might have been the the match before the the it Palace. Was, was it the Palace game? Maybe it was Palace. Yeah, or, 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 I, I don't know. You, you were here. It was. For one it of was the, recent. It was recent. Yeah. You, yeah. You, you were definitely here for one of the the recent games. But look, great to have you back. Um, um, Thanks, mate. On, on the shows, mate. Um, glad you had a good trip away. And um, yeah, we're, we're back at it. And, and what a time! What a week! Um, the, the celebrations have, have have been sort of ongoing for all Newcastle fans this week as we relive the. Uh, the brilliant um, one-year anniversary of our famous takeover. And look, yeah, I thought it's, it's only fair we put that picture up um, from our good friend Jordan Cronin. We dropped it on today as a reminder of what it was this time last year, the party in South Fender playing uh, just outside St. James's Park. Great atmospheres. Look, I want to get your thoughts before we, we bring Lewis on. We didn't get a chance to ask you yesterday, Chris, is that, you know, yeah, how have you sort of assessed this year and, and ultimately, you know, what what do you see for the for the year ahead uh, for Newcastle United? Yeah, do you know what, Pete? I was I was gutted to miss out on the show last night. Um, there was well, I call it last minute. It wasn't really last minute. It was last minute in my head. Um, but yeah, I was out for a meal. It was like a celebration meal following the wedding. Um, so yeah, I. I obviously couldn't couldn't join us last night, which I was gutted about. But um, I'm I'm going to watch the show back. But yeah, to answer your question, um, 
Yeah, it's just been it's just been quite the year, hasn't it? I mean, it's it's mad to think that it is a year to the day to day um, since we got our takeover. And I was on Twitter earlier, and you know, I saw all the videos, all the all the pictures, and it's just if you look at where we were twelve months ago to where we are now. Um, I know there was a few rumblings during the transfer window, you know, saying that we hadn't done enough, and you know, some people have well, apart from apart from at the weekends when we, you know we got those valuable three points and well deserved three points, by the way. Yeah. Um, you know, there were some people saying, oh, not a great start to the season. And then all of a sudden we get three points at the weekends. You look at the league table and you're like, we're above Man United, we're above Liverpool. And you think we've lost one game all season. And that yeah. one game um, <laughs> brings back horrible memories because I was there in the away end uh, where we lost in the last minute at Anfield. And I think, Do you know what, we've we've played Brighton away. We've played Wolves away. We've played Liverpool away, mm-hmm. City at home. And, you know, you look at those games and you, last, last season under Bruce, we we wouldn't have we wouldn't have got a draw away to Brighton and we wouldn't have got a draw away to Wolves. It just wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Um, sure. So we, we've come we've come come so far. And even when you look at the start in eleven, Pete, it was always going to be um, you know a gradual up you know change in the in in the team. And I think for me now for the is going forward for the next twelve months. For me now, I think it's all about. I keep using this word. It's all about doing the underbelly of the squad. So when when we look to the bench, it's looking at the bench and thinking, oh, we've got two or three options there. So God bless him. I don't want to talk down about him, but you know, having the likes of say Miggy Almond on, on the bench because we brought in a, a you know a top class right winger, if you like. Um, having the likes of you know John Joe Shelby on the bench because we brought in a James Madison, stuff like that, where you look to the bench and you think, you know what, we can we can change this game up or we can rest this player or this player is injured, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. It's it's just about having more options, and obviously we're only going to get bigger and better as time goes on. Uh, and I think you know, if you even if you look at like the backroom staff, you look at you know the technical director, the chief executive, you, you, we've transformed the back of the club, and now I think we're on absolutely the right journey to progress, move forwards, and just build. You know, we we've got the backbone now, um, and for me now, every window add two or three players, that little bit of quality. And who knows? Could be could be two windows, could be three windows, four windows, and this team's going to look transformed. And I don't actually think it'll take, uh, mainly because of Eddie Howe. I think I don't actually think it'll take as long as what some people were thinking. You know, in terms of us really challenging for European places, I think there's a possibility of it this season. Uh, yeah. But I think next season will def- definitely um, be be challenging for Europe, in my opinion. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. Um, and like you said, we've got an opportunity this season to really kind of push ahead um, yeah. and and try and uh, you know save ourselves a year potentially of building and developing by the you know how we finish in in the league this season. We've got that opportunity of really um, going one step further. But just before we get our fantastic guest in, because the point you made kind of leads into into very much our guest on tonight. But I was going to steal your chat for a second. No, Yana says, how long does it take the, the scouts to get the lippy on? Look, I, I don't know, Yana. I have no idea of how long. Um, uh, uh, maybe a while. I don't know. Can you answer that, Chris? Do you know, do you know what, uh, Yano? It, it, this is au natural. I, I mean, I know you can tell I've made a real big effort, but this is au natural um, this evening. But one thing I will say, uh, which I was talking to Pete about uh, before the show kicked off, um, I was also very excited about the uh, well, it's just been announced that the Eurovision is coming to Liverpool next year, so keep an eye yeah. on that. Yeah, yeah so I'd love to see if I can drag the wife to it. I must admit, it's like my guilty pleasure. The Eurovision, I like watching it, I think it's funny. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll have to see if I can get down for that. 
Yeah, maybe we'll win it this year. Mm. Who, who knows? We, we wave obs. We wave obs in the yeah. last one. We, we, um, we may well get that well-deserved yeah. win that we've been alluded to. But look, um, fantastic. Uh, so many in the chat. Jordy 2 for life. Yano, of course. Um, Mr. Keith role. Um, we might well see an appearance later on in the show. Um, Tim Review Stato, great for you to join us. I know you're up in Newcastle for the game tomorrow. Hope you have a, um, a great weekend for your birthday as well. Happy birthday to you, um, Alex. Um, so, yeah, hope you've, um, you know, you're you having a good birthday celebrations. Lisa, of course. Paul Gallant, thank you for sharing. So many others in the chat. Um, of course, uh, Simon, uh, our fantastic sponsor as well. And Trolls, welcome Trolls, is in the chat too. So if you haven't already, click that like, click that thumbs up, um, just as we kick off. And we are absolutely delighted to welcome back um, Lewis from Besotted Brentford uh, to talk all things Newcastle United and, of course, Brentford. So, welcome in, uh, Lewis. Hey, good to be back. Great to have Thanks you to back. Uh, uh, really, really good chat last time with, with, with you uh, about all things Brentford and uh, it's a pleasure to have you back on. So, I mean, how are things with you? Yeah, really good. Thanks. Yeah, looking forward to the game tomorrow. Uh, I was saying just before we came on that I had a I had planned to get the train up. I live down in Brighton and uh, it was a nice kind of easy journey really last year. But this year the train strikes put paid to that. So I'm setting off at about six in the morning tomorrow, expecting like a six and a half, seven hour journey and then uh, staying overnight and doing the same journey in reverse on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, that's a bit of a pain, but otherwise just really can't wait. And yeah, all really good. Thanks. Great to have you on, um, for sure, and and that is one hell of a journey. Like that is a super, super, super levels of support that um, <laughs> to to go all, all that way, um, and like in the nicest possible way. I hope I hope you come back with no points, but um, <laughs> I hope uh, that the journey and the trip and obviously the weekend uh, as New, uh, Newcastle fans up north will, will look after you. That's for sure. But um, I wanted to get your thoughts on um, obviously. Uh, first of all, uh, the takeover, I asked Chris the question, you know, obviously it's our anniversary today um, of when the, the club changed, uh, changed hands of, of ownership. And, uh, you know, you know, what, what, are, what are your sort of, a, from the outside looking in, what are your assessments of Newcastle United's year um, under new ownerships been, you know, from a, from a Brentford point of view, looking at Newcastle? Yeah, I mean, I'd agree with a lot of what Chris said. You know, I think the... Uh, the way that the club is kind of evolving rather than, you know, that th there's not been, I think, the, the huge number of big money transfers that people expected. The whole thing is evolving really smartly, I think. You've brought in a superb manager. You know, I think he's as good as any of the English managers out there. Uh, there's, you can just tell from the outside there's a different feel about it. And I saw you guys play Man City on the box, and that was one of the best, probably the best game I've seen this season. And it was, it was just a fantastic game, full of attacking football. You guys were taking all kinds of risks. It reminded me of Bournemouth under uh, Eddie Howe, actually, and. That just seems so distant from the negative stuff you were playing under Steve Bruce, which just looked like try and, you know, park the bus and try and nick a goal. It's just like night and day, really. 
so i think things are looking really good for you guys and you know i i'd expect you whether it's this season or next you know you, you're going to be challenging for for europe i think uh very soon and and you've got some serious talent on that side now so i'm, I'm nervous about tomorrow i've got to admit yeah and uh, look it, it, it was it was the other way around i think um the last time uh we played at st james's parks it was house first game we were there um, yeah. we, we, yeah. we traveled up for the that. game and yeah um, we, we had covid didn't they i remember that he did he, yeah. he wasn't yeah, able yeah. to make it but but we were nervous uh, going into that game uh purely because we didn't know what type of Newcastle United would come out. We wanted, obviously, to make sure that we, we, we got the win. We needed it. We needed a win. We were desperate for it back then. Um, and it generally was a good game. 3-3 three, three action at both ends. It was a really sort of entertaining game, a real game that kind of epitomised the Premier League for sure. But, you know, you, you mentioned something um, just a second ago, Lewis, and you mentioned about you know Newcastle's you know rise and, and thinking about where we're going to be going and challenging for Europe. But, you know, looking at the table, um, I, I, you are there. I think the, the comments in the way. Sorry, <laughs> but, uh, mate, sorry. But no, 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 don't worry. Um, but you are there in 10th place after eight games and, yeah. and only a point yeah. away from Newcastle. So I'll ask you the question, you know, first of all, how do you assess your start of the season? And and look, is, is there a potential European charge for you with the, with the way you, you've started the season? Yeah, I mean, I think we've started well. I mean, the real highlight, the standout performance and result was beating Man United 4-0. Mm -hmm. And uh, after half an hour of that game, we were four up and I was thinking, God, we could actually, <laughs> we could get double figures here. And, that, and to be fair, they improved after half time. So that was the, that was definitely the standout performance. We, we've leaked more goals than we were doing last year. So we've had to, you know, we've gone two down on three different occasions, I think, and, and clawed it back. But the, the defence looks much more uh, fragile than it did last year. But we've got more going forward, which which is great. And I think that the fears that losing Ericsson were going to like plunge us back towards the bottom of the table haven't been been realised. We've bought really cleverly, as we always do uh, in the window, brought in some really, really good young players. And again, it's a bit like you guys, you know, we're building for the future. It's not trying to, we're not doing a bloody uh, forest, you know, <laughs> bringing in 23 players at 150 million. You know, these are smart buys of uh, good value players, I I'd say. So, uh, yeah, we haven't, other than... Uh, I'm just trying to think. We played Arsenal and got played off the park by them. Yeah. Other than that, we've not played any of the real top top sides. So, you know, I think the jury's out on how much better or worse we are than last season. But I think, again, going back to what Chris was saying, like you look at the, the bench, you know, uh, and we have got a few injuries at the moment, so it won't be quite the case tomorrow. But our bench is like, seriously strong these days and last year you know we were having to play you know that the, the, there wasn't much to come off the bench and change the game and, and I think that's probably the final thing I'd say is that I think Thomas Frank is really developing as a manager he's really taken to the five subs opportunity with a typical kind of like thoughtfulness you know and, and that's helped us come back in a number of games now is the way that he's worked the bench uh he seems to have uh 
got the hang of that really quickly. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm positive. I'm obviously delighted. This is still a fairy tale for Brentford. You know, we're really like, you know, a League One side. Everyone knows that. That probably at best, you know. So for us to be in the Premier League remains an absolute. You know, no one can quite believe it. But we're certainly consolidating. I think you know we've proved that the the second season syndrome is a load of bullshit. Uh, you know, that's just a myth. Actually, we, we, we're financially more secure than we were because we've got all the money from last year. We're building, we're recycling. And, and, and every time we do that, we just get a little bit stronger. No, it's, it, it, it's interesting you say that, that myth about the second season syndrome because it's, um, it's one of those things. It tends to be... Um, those clubs that do suffer that second season syndrome is the ones that make really bad decisions with recruitment and yeah. various other things. And and we can see that's clearly something that that Brentford haven't done. Um, you, your recruitment has been really good, and I've just I've just picked out a few uh, um, of them here, put a, a few snaps up. So you got the likes of you bought the likes of Ben Me in. Um, you brought like so uh, Damsgaard in, who was a big signing. I, I'll, I'll be honest, I was shocked when I found out that Brentford had got him because he is a talented, talented boy. Um, like some Hickey as well, linked with linked with Arsenal um, quite heavily, linked with those in January um, of of, uh, of the, this year, and, and and now you guys have picked him up, and it seems like they're, they're doing really well. Like, how have you, you know, have any one of those new signings stood out for you? In terms of really, really impressed you, or or they all of they all hit the ground running. Uh, two of them, I'd say. Uh, ben Mee has been phenomenal. He's been probably man of the match in each of the last three games. Wow! Uh, and you know, we always knew that he was a very uh, decent kind of Premier League defender. But I think he's taken everyone by surprise just how dominant he is and how good, how well he reads the game. Uh, he's been absolutely phenomenal. Hickey is the other one. He's come in and he he's genuinely two-footed, which is really unusual. You know, uh, you cannot tell which is a stronger foot. Yeah. Uh, he's he's for a really for a young player. He's only like twenty twenty-one or something, but he just looks like he belongs. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, he's still learning and he's still fitting in. He's quite, I'd say he's quite tentative going forward, uh, unlike Rico Henry on the other side. But he's he's a bit of a unit as well. He doesn't look, he's got like a bit of a baby face, but he's actually, he's fairly tough. And he, you know, he doesn't mind putting his foot in and uh, being brave. So those two have stood out. I mean, I think Damsgaard is only just beginning to get minutes. Uh, last week was his first start against Bournemouth. Uh, he's up till now been coming on for like 15, 20 minutes towards the end of the game. And he's, uh, you, you can see that he's got a lot about him. You know, his footwork is is really kind of quite special. Reminds us a little bit of Saeed Benrahma when he was uh, a big, big favourite of the fans. Uh, so he's clearly, as long as we can keep him fit, he has got a long-term arthritis issue. Uh, which I think probably put a few other clubs off. But, yeah, that was a real coup and softened the blow of losing... Uh, uh, Ericsson. Ericsson. yeah. There you go. I quickly, I've forgotten him. Uh, and then we brought a couple of others, Keane Lewis Potter from Hull, 
Yeah. Uh, you know, he's kind of one for the future. He's out injured tomorrow, but he looks really sharp. Uh, and he's adding some pace to the side, which, which we needed to. Uh, who else have we got? Uh, that's probably I've got. I did scribble them down for the call just so I didn't forget. And I've, yeah, the other one who is not even in the first team squad, but who has been bought with an eye on the future is uh, a young Ukrainian kid called uh, Yarmiluk. I think you pronounce it as. So we haven't seen him at all yet. But this guy is seriously highly rated in Ukraine. They reckon he's like as good a player as they had in a decade. So he is only, I think he's 17, possibly just turned 18. And they're kind of uh, introducing him gradually into the B team. But he, by all accounts, is going to be very, very special. And, it, and again, it's all of these players, apart from Ben Mee, are young. Uh, even Damsgaard's only 22, I think. Uh, so he's achieved a lot already. You know, he was he was amazing at the uh, at the Euros when he replaced Ericsson, actually. Uh, he really was, I thought, as good as any of their players. So, yeah, really exciting. Bought really well. I haven't seen any duds yet. Uh, they've got it right again. It's brilliant. Excellent. Um yeah, no, it's a, it's 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 good to see that you know they're they're making the right decisions and and bringing them in and and would you say that this man is, is really key to that that level of 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 sort of um, recruitment? Has he been key in making it happen in terms of the the level of player that's come in uh, into the club for you? I think you've I, I think probably where you see his impact more is on the development of the players. So he will obviously have a say in transfers, but we've got a really smart scouting system. So I think typically they will kind of suggest players to the manager and he will say, yeah, I like the look of him or yeah, I trust you on that. But where he really earns his money is on improving players once they're with us and, and integrating them into the setup. All right, okay. Uh, interesting, um, but yeah, he looks like he's done a a, a tremendous job. Uh, he's he's incredible. He, you know, we love mm -hmm. him and uh, wouldn't stop him for anyone. And, and we were, you know, I think there was talk about when the Brighton job came up. You know, would he move there? And we were kind of a bit anxious about that. You know, right. if if Rogers goes from Leicester, would he be the next mm -hmm. one? Or uh, I think, and he said, you know, I've you know, this is unfinished business at Brentford. He's so well backed by the, the 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 club the structure of the club and the forward thinking nature of it really suits him uh he he, he responds well to that like intellectually i think he's a really clever guy so i i don't think he's going anywhere yet but he's in demand now yeah i think it's interesting you said that about leicester because obviously i'm based in leicester and i'm just you know, thinking about that because because the Rob the, the Rogers situation is quite delicate. Obviously, they got the win against Forest, but um, it could quite easily turn again. And the fans actually wanted him out. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't trust that Forest result because I did watch that game and I thought uh, both teams were pretty poor actually. And I think Leicester were there for the taking. For Forest were just so. Uh, what's the word like dysfunctional, really? And it's yeah. not surprising because they've got 23 new players. Uh, why on earth they've taken that decision, I do not know. But 
you know, I think I wouldn't be surprised if less if that's a blip for Leicester because I think they will be really close, if not in the bottom three this year. Really? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm I'm usually wrong, so I'll probably be wrong on that. But you heard yeah. it here. <laughs> well, it's interesting because the Leicester, a lot of the people that I know that support Leicester are, are are worried, are worried that they could be that, that they could be in the bottom three. But it's interesting that you mentioned it um, about um, you know Thomas Frank and the situation there because it potentially he could go to Leicester if if Rogers does leave. So it's an interesting one to keep an eye on. I hadn't thought of that. Um, but yeah, um, welcome back, <laughs> Chris. Just disappeared. Uh, um, but no, it's uh, look, it happened to me about two or three times last night, so uh, I think I might have passed that lurgy on to, on to you. <laughs> it does tend to go around a little bit, but look, um, yeah, look, like Keith has just said in the chat, 80, 80 plus watching in the chat, great to have you on it, um, and and uh, watching this talk, uh, all things Newcastle and Brentford. If you haven't yet, click the like, click the like, and um, also get your questions in. Uh, you know, we, we, uh, myself and Chris have started a few questions that we will bring um, to uh, to Lewis um, as the show goes on. Um, but I think we're at the point now where we we talk about the more obvious question. Um, to be had and uh, you know we, we've got that mutual player that's played for both clubs uh, so or wh why not why not discuss him now and um, you know what was interesting is that um, I do a, uh, I do a little piece for BBC Sport now and again and they they gave me the topic of would Tony start in Newcastle's team and uh, I, I tweeted it out the other day so people could have a read um, Newcastle fans were quite mixed on their opinions on it and I'm not expecting you to read that there but the bulk of it was is that I, I think now with Wilson and Tony I personally don't think he would get into our team although I do rate him as a player interestingly um, Besotted's own Ian Westbrook uh, responded and put his own opinions in there and and basically, he said he believes that he that he would get into Newcastle's team, but clearly they don't want to lose him, and you want to keep him at Brentford. But it was nice to get um, an opinion from the other side of the coin, from Brentford, and, and Ian put his point across from from yourselves, from from Besotted. So I don't know if you managed to read um, that particular article, Lewis. And, and firstly, let's get let's get your thoughts on it because I want to get Chris's thoughts on it as well. In it, the, it, would, it's, I think it's really interesting, and I hadn't actually read uh, what Ian had written earlier until just now. But uh, I, you know, he's he's a good he's a good fella, and he knows his stuff. It's really tough. Callum Wilson, I think, is one of the best strikers in the country. Not just one of the best English strikers, but he's just a phenomenon. I think you know, and has been brilliant now for like seven or eight years. Isaac, I don't know much about him, but he looks like he's got he's got something very different to offer. Uh, so Ivan would would struggle to, you know, he, he he wouldn't necessarily be the top man there, but I would agree with Ian. I mean, in the in the, he's he's got something about him. There's an arrogance there, a self belief, uh, a, a determination to improve, and it's just difficult to imagine him being anywhere really on the bench. He he almost wouldn't allow it to happen. He'd just work that that bit harder in training i mean he's got he's got some real good all-round skills as well you know you often see him like heading the ball out the box uh on the opposition set plays you know he's kind of 
he can drop deep and uh, make the play. Uh, I, I think Wilson's a better finisher than Ivan Tony, uh, but there's an argument to say that Ivan Tony has perhaps a slightly better all-round game. I don't know, but Wilson's more proven. He's more established. He's done it for seven, at least seven or eight years now at the top level, and has always been underrated. I think, and I'm really pleased to see him absolutely getting the recognition he deserves uh, at Newcastle. You know. Yeah, it, no, I think I think that's more than a fair assessment, uh, Lewis, on, on on both players. But look, Chris, I know you've got some opinions on on, on Ivan Tony. So look, um, first of all, before you before you get into it, you know, would you would you rather have Wilson in the team over Tony? Uh, do you think he would get into Newcastle's team? And then look, I know you've got one or two things you want to say on the, on the situation. Yeah, I mean, like I. Of late, I've been I've been a really really big fan of Ivan Tony. I mean, obviously he, he had a few loan spells when he was with us, didn't he? I think he, I think he went to Barnsley and um, Wigan and Peterborough and places like that, and then he made a permanent move to Peterborough. Um, scored a lot of goals, did well, and then obviously got his move to um, Brentford. And to be fair, like I've got to say, and I'm, I'm sure uh, I'm sure Lewis will agree. Um, one of the best performances I've seen this season was when uh, Tony hit that hat trick. Yeah, and yeah. I remember watching it, and I was just like, "Wow!" Like he, he made it look effortless. Um, so for me, I think it's a really good question, Pete, because I think in this current formation, I would be surprised if, say, for example, we sign Tony tomorrow. I would be surprised if he started ahead of Wilson. I've got to be honest, um, but. I think if we were to sign someone like Tony, whether it be January, the summer or whenever, um, I think you would have to find a place for him. And I, I think it would actually maybe prompt us to change our formation. I think we'd probably go two up top because I think, wow. I think, I don't think you could leave him on the bench because I, I do, I, I do really rate Ivan Tony. I think he's really, really, you know, he's, he's sorted his head out. And I think for any fans who, you know, a few fans and I was one of them, you know, a year, a couple of years ago, um, questioning Rafa, you know, when he sold him. And I thought the interview that Ivan Tony did recently was absolutely fantastic. You know, when he came out and he said, you know what, if if I was the manager, if it was up to me, would I have kept me? And he was like, no, I wouldn't. His attitude was wrong. Um, he wasn't taking it seriously. And it was when he dropped down the leagues. And then he thought, you know what, like, I've got to, I've got to be serious here. You know, I've got to, I've got to really, you know, get my head screws on, really, you know, put me, put me, uh, Put me, you know, get my attitude straight, get myself sorted, and that's exactly what he's done. Um, and now, you know, I mean, Pete, I'll throw this one back at you. Um, would you take Ivan Tony over Dominic Calvert Lewin? I think I know the answer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll take me over Dominic Calvert Lewin <laughs> <laughs> in, in, current, in current state. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah uh, yeah of course Tony I, I do and and I put it to be fair I put it in a piece I said you know he's a, he's a talented he's a talented boy yeah. but yeah. Like, like you've said it's um and obviously yourself Lewis you've talked about both players being very very talented that in some areas Tony's better than the Wilson but in, in other areas Wilson's yeah. better it's it's one of those things yeah just picking up on what Chris said as well about that hat trick he got the, the second goal I mean I thought the third goal was just genius actually yeah, but the second ridiculous. goal which was the free kick I think I've got them in the right order there he ne he never used to be on free kicks at all you know so he's worked on that and turned himself into 
someone who's now is front of the queue when the ball's like outside the box after that goal, you know, and that typifies him, I think, you know, he's he's really trying to improve the whole time and he is. Uh, it's, it's great to see, really. And he's got such self-confidence. I mean, you watch him take a penalty. Uh, I've never seen anything like it. You know, he, I, I don't know, never looks like he's going to miss. Famous last one, he's going to miss tomorrow, isn't he? Like, <laughs> I hope so. Uh, but, you know, he, he's that self-confidence and self-belief, in his case, can take it's already taking him a long way, I think. He just backs himself with everything that he does. Very no. confident young man, isn't he? Very confident. Totally. Like you say, totally. with that hat-trick, he, um, I don't know, he looked, he looked like possessed or something, didn't he? He, he was yeah. just, it was like, you know, uh, even when he scored, he was like calm, just as in like, yeah, that's just what I do. Yeah. And yeah. It's, uh, yeah, yeah I've, it, that that's when I really sat up and thought, wow, you know, this this lad's not messing around. And since then, even, you know, Pete, we, we saw him, didn't we, um, for Eddie's first game. Well, it wasn't his first game because he wasn't on the sidelines, but his hold-up play is absolutely fantastic. Like, he really brings people into play. He's big, he's strong, he's yeah. quick. Um, and it, I think he's definitely got the advantage over Callum Wilson for things like that. It's probably... Whereas, like you say, Pete Callum Wilson slightly different in that he like hangs off the you know the last the the central defender and then he just goes. So you know different different types of striker. But I actually think, um, as as I said before, I think him and Wilson will probably complement each other pretty well. I, I agree. Yeah. I, that would be a really exciting combination. I think actually. Mm. And and to be fair, it, it's it actually could be an alternative uh, formation for England that could work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because we do it really, really heavily reliant. We we are so so heavily reliant on Harry Kane. <clears throat> I fear for this next week. Uh, no, sorry, this next month, six to eight weeks before before the um, before the World Cup really, really kicks in. Because if we lose uh, from an England standpoint, Harry Harry Kane for anything, we haven't got the same caliber to replace him. But as what you both just said. Uh, and Chris, you, you touched on it earlier, is that if you had an Ivan Tony and a Callum Wilson playing together and you change the system slightly, still attacking, you know, you've got great crosses of the ball, Trent on one side, Shaw and, uh, and, and Chilwell from another. You get balls into the box. They're the type of strikers that can get on the end of it. And you can still be successful as an international team uh, without Harry Kane, but you're just having to tweak things slightly to make it work. And I just think, like from that point of view, it'll be it will be really, really interesting to see an England manager do that to make yeah. it work. So, but he missed. He had an opportunity to do that in the last get in the last back to back fixtures. Put Tony in the squad, took him out of the squad for the first game. And then didn't even give him any minutes at all in the second. So the chance to actually size him up, have a look at him as a potential, you know, replacement for Kane should he get injured was missed. I mean, that's just yeah. dreadful man management apart from anything else. You know, what what's Ivan Tony meant to think about that? You know, just it's appalling, I thought. I, let's stick with that because I think it's a great point. What what is going through your head as a Brentford fan when you see that in those two fixtures? What what are your what are your thoughts there? Because uh, well, we were all really excited about it, you know, because it was the first time in God, it, I think it's seventy years that or something like that oh. that Brentford player had, uh, had been selected for England. Wow, loads of we were all really hyped up, you know, if we're going to the game or watching the game on telly, it's like you know, is it going to come? And then so he's left out of the first one. 
everyone was like a bit nonplussed about that. Yeah. But he'll surely get some game time in the second one. No, at the minute England stopped losing that game, I knew that he wasn't going to go on because Southgate is just such a cautious individual, you know. But he's uh, he's he's jeopardised that relationship with Ivan Tony, who's also eligible for Jamaica as well, actually. So. You know, and fortunately for Southgate, you could say they haven't qualified for the World Cup. But if they had, if I was him, I'd I'd be like changing my national, you know, my allegiances. I think you know because I would feel wronged. He ended up looking really full. He did loads of media, you know, Mm -hmm. the real spotlight on him. You know, everyone telling his backstory and stuff, Mm -hmm. and then he didn't even get on the pitch. It's just. You know, it's not just because he's a Brentford player, but I think I would feel seriously sorry for any player who'd been mishandled in that way. Yeah. Mm. And, and he's got, you know, he's uh, not averse to saying what he thinks or to, you know, doing, uh, you know, behaving quite emotionally. I'm, I'm, you know, there's every chance, I think, that if he, uh, if his treatment doesn't improve from Southgate, that he'll, he'll, uh, become uh, one of the reggae boys yeah. Yeah. you touched on it there in, in in the way he was treated by Southgate but Chris like but if that was me I'd be I'd be massively embarrassed you know you, you're put in front of the media you're having these interviews as being this first first international call-up and you're being bigged up and you're being talked about in all this light and literally as you said Lewis all the talk was on Ivan Tony being called up he's had great form better form than some of the strikers that were in the international setup and then you yeah. don't get on like would you how would how would well what were your feelings on that chris i think it you know what i think it just kind of makes a mockery of the whole call up really because yeah. now when he gets a call up again he'll just be like oh great okay well hopefully i'll get on the pitch this time you know you, we're not talking about a player who has been brought in because of three, four, five, six injuries we're talking right. about a player who's deserved the call up he's earned the call up um, and, you know, Southgate, well, I, I don't want it to turn into a big England show, but, you know, South, Southgate is, uh, uh, for me, I think he's shown his weakness in his management, um, you know, by by doing that. And also, you know, the likes of, oh, I'm only going to pick the players in form, the players who are playing well for the team. And then, you know, he goes, he then ch- chooses uh, Luke Shaw and Hanny Maguire and co. And you think it, it's just... I just think it's really poor. And, you know, you, you made the point, Lewis, you know, there was there was two games there and there was definitely an opportunity for him to play, you know, even a half, even bring him yeah. off and just see what he can do. Because at the Absolutely. end of the day, this World Cup, it's happening in, what, November? Um, he should really be trying to test as many players as he can. I understand why, you know, he, he started Kane because he's probably thinking, you know, Kane will obviously want to get his caps up. he want to get the amount of goals up. I understand that. But, there would have been no no harm in giving Tony half an hour. The, you know, yeah. the, the, it wouldn't it wouldn't have altered anything. Or change your shape. Do you know what I mean? That's what these games are there for. Change your shape. Stick Tony and Kane up front. Yeah. You know, give give it away. There's there's no harm done. Um, I just I just found it baffling. But I don't know. It 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 is what it is. And I, I think um. I think going forwards, you know, Brentford fans, and and this would be the this would be my philosophy to it, Lewis. And but that you know that's just me. Um, I wouldn't be bothered whether he get called up or not now because I just think you know what is whilst he's not playing away and playing extra games, he's you know you can wrap him in cotton wool and keep him ready for Brentford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. And there was a there was a comment before. Um, oh, where did I put it? Is a uh, would I eat there? Put and this is how I felt from a Newcastle perspective. And what goes through his mind if if trips doesn't come on for England is getting fit for Saturday. So that's what we were like from a Newcastle perspective. But yeah. I completely understand where you were coming from, Lewis, because of how many years you waited for a player yeah. representing your club. You know, and all the hype that came about it. You know going for England and then not even getting a start. It is, it is really, really poor. And, and one or two have said in the chat that, you know, it's almost like we've thrown away this World Cup because we've kept Southgate in charge. For me, I think his selection process is flawed. He's selecting people that he's comfortable with and that he knew either from the under-21s when he was there beforehand. He's kept his pool very, very small. And he's almost at times been pressured into um, um, selecting players when he didn't necessarily want to. For me, and look, it might sound biased, but the back end of last season, um, Dan Byrne for Newcastle United was the yeah. best performing centre-back and he never got he never got international recognition. I thought it was an absolute disgrace. Um, you know, in the build-up, I, I, and I still stand by it now. I think if Newcastle had got a point against Chelsea away at Stamford Bridge and we didn't concede that goal in the last minute, I'm convinced that he would have um, been called up. I'm, I'm convinced of it. Like I just, it was, it, 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 the selection process is all over the place um, and it's flawed. And it's not just what they're doing on the pitch, it's actually who he's picking for these squads that is having a big, big problem. Um, do you know what, Pete? Just sorry, just to just to I'm add in before you. before we change subject. Um, there was two things I wanted to say off the back of what you just said about Dan Bain. Um, but the first thing I wanted to say was, if you remember, um, way back when, you know, when we had Michael Owen, and when Michael Owen, you know, got called up for England, and we were all buzzing because we were like, oh my God, you know, we've not had that since Shearer, you know, yeah. the main man. England player, uh, plays for Newcastle striker. And then obviously we all know what happened with Michael Owen, you know, when he when he like hobbled onto the pitch to make sure he could play, gets injured. We we miss him for like a year. Um and certainly my maybe 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 that's when my views of England switched off a little bit because I remember just being so bitter and so angry about it. And I, I remember thinking, you know, you should put your club you should put your club before your country. The club is the one who's paying your wages. Do you know what I mean? If you're not fit, if you're not ready, I know you want to play for your country, but ultimately you're there to do a job and you shouldn't that shouldn't be to the detriment of your club who pay your wages. But anyway, that's a that's a that's a separate issue. But yeah, in in terms of Dan Bain, I was reading the stat the other day, Pete, saying that um isn't he like the most selected the most selected defender out of out of our defence from Eddie Howe in terms of him, you know, He's like a mainstay. We, you, you'll, uh, you, you've probably seen it yourself, Lewis. The fact that we've now actually been playing Dan Byrne left back. Now Dan Byrne doesn't look anywhere. He doesn't look like a left back, does he? You know, he's what is he like six foot six, six foot seven, <laughs> and it looks really odd. And every time you've got you're up against a pacey winger, you always go, oh no, he's going to turn him. He's going to turn him. And what Pete's just referred to there in that Chelsea game, Dan Byrne switched off just for one second. Um, it result, you know, it resulted in habits being put through, but. I, I I agree with Pete. You know, it's it's absolutely shocking that you know Gareth Southgate's picking five right backs and he's he's picking like what is it like one left back? He's got like Luke Shaw and sometimes he'll yeah. play Trippier there left back. And you're yeah. looking at Dan Byrne, you're thinking an unorthodox centre back who can who is you know plays very well at centre back can also play left back. Imagine bringing him on for the last ten minutes when you need a goal and you start lumping the ball in the box or similarly you're trying to defend your goal. Having someone like Dan Byrne. He's going to ruffle a few feathers, isn't he? And I just think it's really, really odd that 
you've got a really high-performing defender there playing in a very high-performing team at the minute, and he yeah. can't even get in the England squad. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's mad. But look, um, England aside, yeah, look, it, it is what it is. Hopefully, um, Ivan Tony after Saturday continues to keep performing, and uh, we get Wilson performing, and they both make the squad because uh, I don't know how. I've not really kept a close eye on Tammy Abraham, but I don't think he's pulled up as many trees as he did last season so far. So it could well be that there's still an opportunity for both players to get in the English squad, and I'd love that. I'd love Tony and Wilson to both go to the World Cup. That I think would be great re- uh, recognition for both players and both clubs. Um, but yeah, there's a. I think there's a couple of questions we can go to before we go to our next stage. It was a really interesting one. Um, who is it from? Uh, from Ian, actually. Um, I don't know if you can see it, Chris. Yeah, mate. Yeah, um, um, uh, for for Lewis. It was so. Ian asked oh, Lewis. Was that the Darlington? The Darlington. Yeah. No, I wasn't actually. I'm afraid, uh, but I'm impressed that that you were Ian. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ian's actually a Darlington fan. Oh, okay. um, he's a yeah, massive yeah. supporter of Newcastle and the channel, but um, yeah, he's a Darlington fan. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, no, a good question there, um, Ian. And, and, and continue to get your questions in. There are a few more that are, that are popped up. Um, I think uh, there's another one. If there's another one in there, in there, Chris, go, go for it. Yeah, yeah, we've got it. We've got about five or six. Um, so I'll, I'll fire them at Lewis now before we move on to our next stage. But our, our very own Lisa Mole. Good evening, Lisa. Uh, Lisa asks serious question, and obviously we were just talking about England. Then, do you guys think when Southgate goes that Eddie Howe will be approached? And also, do you know what we did? We didn't even discuss this, Pete, last time we were talking about you know potential people being approached for the England manager's job. Could Thomas Frank be approached? Uh, I think if they didn't approach how something's wrong, you know, he, he's pretty, I mean, what he did at Bournemouth was phenomenal and what he's already doing at Newcastle is phenomenal. Uh, I think Potter would probably be another, you know, decent candidate. Uh, Thomas Frank, I, I don't know. I don't think they would need to consider him because there are two outstanding England, English candidates, you know, and, uh, both of whom really do deserve the go, particularly Eddie Howe, I think, because he's done it for longer than Potter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if one day Frank gets the, the Danish manager's job, but obviously not quite as interesting for us lot on this uh, on this call. <laughs> what about you, Pete? What do you think? I mean, I know, I know, we've touched very briefly on how, and you know, we, we, well, I think when we were last speaking about it, it's probably the last show I was on actually, and we were saying that you know, it looks like, uh, well, for us, Eddie Howe is probably the number one choice, and I can perfectly see why. Um, and I think Eddie Howe came out in the press conference, didn't he, and basically very politely said, you know, that he would never say no, um, you know, in the future. But right now, you know, he's really happy in his job. And obviously, as we all know, Graham Potter's recently accepted and is now, you know, in charge of Chelsea. But do you think that England would still go in for, for Eddie Howe? Yeah, I do. I think they'll try and test the waters. Um, I think that they'll be they'll be quite bullish with it um, and they'll want the best manager they could possibly get. And I think Eddie Howe is that guy. Because without being too disrespectful to some other other english-based managers is that you know potter's not going to leave chelsea it's a once in a lifetime job for him he's not going to leave that the only way he leaves is if he gets sacked um 
but I but I personally feel that Eddie Howe is the same. And I'd said this before with, with some others that I was talking to last week, is that I honestly see Newcastle United as that once-in-a-lifetime job now. You've got the project in hand. You've got the yeah. biggest owners yeah. in the world. You've got the opportunity to win a cup for Newcastle United, a trophy for the first time in God knows how many years since the Milk Cup. And, you know, to put yourself above Sir Bobby Robson, Kevin Keegan, all yeah, those legendary it. managers... That, that we yeah. that we literally like like put hold in the highest regard. He's got an opportunity yeah. to obliterate all of that. Like for yeah. me, that's bigger than the England job, in my opinion. The international jobs are not are not the pool that they once were. But I still think England will come in for him, even though he said what he said. They'll still, they'll still go for him. They'll still ask the question, um, and I think he'll say no. Um, but that's like I say, just my opinion. Are you in the same mindset, Chris? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, without trying to be biased, and Lewis, I hope you don't think we are biased. Um, I think now there's, you know, I, I think of it off the top of my head, and I think like Newcastle's got to be up there with one of the top five jobs in world football, as in like you know the, the world's the oyster. You know, we we we're literally starting from the bottom. Like Newcastle fans couldn't stand Mike Ashley. Uh, we were, you know, we were all depressed. The season, the season, was it the season before? Yeah, it was. I think it was the season before Ashley left. We actually gave away ten thousand season tickets. Imagine yeah. that now. It'd be like it's getting a season ticket. It's like winning the golden ticket. It's like it's like impossible to try and get one. And the season before, we were giving away ten thousand, and people yeah. still weren't turning up. It's so you think, up. you know, the owners have come in. They've, you know, they've done all the right things um, and so far so good. Touch wood, you know, they've really, really got on board with things and, you know, they will make mistakes going forwards. But up to now, I, I can't actually think of many, if any. Um, so as a manager, that must be the best thing. You know, where the hours come out, hasn't he? And said, you know, it's his, his choice on the signings Um, you know, the club is supporting him. And you think he, he must just be thinking this is great. You know, I, I know I'm on a I'm on a fantastic journey, a fantastic ride, and things are only going to get better. And like you say, Pete, he's gonna he's gonna write his name in history. And plus, I think the one last thing I was gonna say, um, and I think it was you that said this, Pete, and it was a great point when you were saying that Eddie Howe is very much a day-to-day manager. You know, he likes to be in the thick of it. And I think with international football and with his other really experienced top internet uh, top managers say kind of see international football as like towards the end of their career you know where it's yeah. not day-to-day it's not intense and i think eddie Howe loves being in every day i think that's what that's what he, he lives and breathes for yeah definitely great points chris uh, and i agree uh with all of them um but look if thomas franken and eddie Howe not available as Yano's said um there's an outstanding candidate soon to be out of work uh, from West Brom <laughs> that uh, that might want to make up the list in 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 big old Steve Bruce. So if they want to uh, if they want to go in there, uh, offer the job to him, uh, I'm sure he would he'd love another pay packet. Um, <laughs> but I, but I'll be, I'll be honest with you, I don't think I'll be watching much England football uh, if, uh, if they did offer him the job. But look, nothing surprising me in football. So yeah, I know, like I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked. If that if he was put in the conversation, probably by Luke Edwards, but look, that's that's another thing, and we'll get onto that another time. But look, I think we're getting to the point now where we we start looking at the game in a little bit more detail. And look, as always, we say on away days, there's no better way of looking at um, some stats uh, and looking at the game without having this man on the show. 
Evening, lads. Like magic, he appears. How are you doing, Keith? Very well, thank you. I hope everyone's well too. Oh, Pete, Chris, you're well, and um, nice to see you again, Lewis. Yeah, and JK. Brilliant stuff. So, uh, welcome back, Keith, and uh, thank you for joining us for the takeover anniversary uh, last night uh, um, in the chat. Some great points made and some great points made tonight as well, but um, in the chat also. But have you got any stats for us this week? Are we, uh, uh, is is yeah. it something we're looking forward to or is it something yeah. we should be uh, avoiding? Yeah, I've got uh, a load of stats. I've got some head-to-head stats and I've got some stats on managers and players, some general stats. And then I've got a special stat there for the takeover as well. Um, but before I start, if I'm okay too, I'd like to just say a few words about Martin from the channel, from uh, UFC Matters. I'd just like to say a big, massive thank you to Martin for everything that he's contributed to this channel and NUFC Matters. Um, always used to, always love listening to Martin um, on both forums. Um, and he's already, he's been missed, certainly by myself. Um, and a special shout out to Martin as well, because he actually was first invited us on the channel. Um, but back when it was uh, loaded uh, weekly, uh, mm-hmm. One of the first few shows he put that shout out there and he actually DM'd me. So thank you again for that, Martin. Um, hope to see you on the channel down the road at some point. Very well said. Thank you. Um, I'll just move on to the stats there. Um, Newcastle, all-time record in this fixture. Not many games, actually, surprisingly. Four, 14 only. Um, they won nine, they've drawn one, and they've lost four. And they also have a much better record at home as well. Um, eight games played, um, won six, drawn one, and lost one. Um, so that's a good start there. Um, Newcastle are unbeaten in six uh, league games at home um, with their Brentford. Um, they've won five and they've drawn one. They've scored 17 goals going all the way back to 92-93 season. Um, before losing against Brentford in the Carabao Cup quarter-final in 2020, um, Newcastle hadn't lost a game, uh, a league game, against Brentford going back to 1948 um, when they lost 1-0 at Griffin Park. Um, Newcastle have the more goals in this fixture. Slight advantage, 29 goals to Brentford's 20. Eddie Howe, moving on to the managers, um, he's got a slight advantage. He's um, managed seven games against Brentford with three wins, two draws, two defeats. So he's averaging over a point, maybe a point and a half in games against Brentford. Whereas Thomas Frank, not many games against Newcastle, one win, one draw and one defeat in his three games. Moving on to the players, Callum Wilson has scored five goals in his last five Premier League games. Um, and his record against Brentford, one and seven against Brentford. Ivan Tony um, has been involved in seven of uh, Brentford's 15 Premier League goals this season with uh, five goals and two assists. So again, um, Ivan Tony really in form, playing really well for Brentford as well, made a really good start of the season. Um, a few general stats. Um, Newcastle have lost only one of the last 14 Premier League home games, um, but the last three games have been draws. So that's a record we'll want to uh, put to an end tomorrow. Want to get back on the winning trail again. Um, 
Newcastle again, just touching on that again, uh, unbeaten in four Premier League home games. It's the best run and best start um, since they actually went six unbeaten at home in 2011-12 season. Brentford's goalless draws, conversely, uh, at goalless draw at Bournemouth last week. Um, it was Brentford's first clean sheet in 20 Premier League away games. So Brentford have been playing, playing really well at home, but away from home, they've been leaking a few goals. Um, and Brentford tomorrow will go three league games without scoring for the first time since April 2019 if they don't score uh, against Newcastle tomorrow. Um, Newcastle have gained 11 points. I want. I, I mentioned here there was a special few takeover stats. Newcastle have gained 11 points from eight games this season, and that's already eight points more than they had at the same point last season with Steve Bruce leaving the club. They are leaving them in 19th position with three points. So uh, you, you, you might have a few grumblers and naysayers, but you, sometimes you've got to look how far we've actually came in a short space of time. Yeah. Um, and I thought I'd put this together as well, a special takeover one year on um, um, stat for you as well. In the last year since the takeover, Newcastle have played 38 league games at games in the Premier League. They've won 15, they've drawn 12, and they've lost 11. So that's 57 points there. Um, so already, if you think about it, if that had been a whole season, would be pretty much where we are on the table now, wouldn't we? We'd be about seventh, eighth, or something, which yeah. is a hell of an improvement from where we, where we've been over the years trying to get to 40 points. And that is the uh, stats for the uh, night on Newcastle versus Brentford. Fantastic. Fantastic stuff. Yeah. Thank 100% you. brilliant stuff, Keith, in there. And yeah, you know, 57 points, that pretty much takes us to around European spots. Like, as you just said, that, that, that would probably be close to getting us, you know, Europa Conference football, you know, at, 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 at the least. So... Exciting times ahead, and we've already made a more positive start this season. Obviously, uh, all seasons are different, but it'd be nice to see if we can try and build on that and and, and build the same way. But um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be an interesting game. It's gonna be an interesting game. And look, I'll I'll move on to this section here because I've asked. Um, I asked. Uh, oh, hold on one second. I I did ask for. Yeah, that's why I got it. I, I, I got all conf confused for a second here. I asked for Lewis to um, share his team for me. So if you can see it on the screen now, um, I'll put um, Lewis's team against our team. Um, does that formation in, in the lineup look look about right and what you think it's going to be, Lewis, for the, for the game on Saturday? Yeah, I think so. We're missing a few players. So Pontus Janssen, I'm not sure he's travelled with the squad. Uh Christian Norgard, who we all recognise as our best player, is out. Uh, Lewis Potter is out as well uh, with a foot injury. So uh, we're kind of, uh, you know, a little bit stretched tomorrow. Uh, and I think that will that it'll be something like that anyway. Josh De Silva, who in the championship was a superb player for us, yeah. Out with a long-term injury. I think he then, uh, am I right? 
I'm not sure. I think he got sent off against you lot, actually, at, uh, at, yeah, in uh, yeah, the yeah. home fixture last season, which kind of just decided that game, really, I think. So, but, you know, we need him to be really firing again because he's a serious talent. So I've put him in there, although he's been in and out. He's sometimes on the bench, sometimes starts. Damsgaard started last week for the first time, as I said, so I think he'll stay in there. Uh, and... The, we've got two players coming back. One is Sergi Canos, who apparently is back in the squad. And more importantly, actually, for us is Ethan Pinnock, Pinnock one of the centre-backs, who I think is just, you know, he's one of Brentford's very best players. So, But I, I think both will probably start on the bench tomorrow. It'll be something like that anyway, something like that 11, I think. OK, look, Moembo, um, um... I, I like him as a player. I think he's a talented player. He played well at St. James's Park last season as well. Um, playing alongside or just behind Ivan Tony. And, and look, look, where where do you think, before I asked um, uh, Chris and Keith the, the same question from the opposite side of the coin, well, where do you think Brentford are, uh, or are or could trouble Newcastle United? Where, where are your strengths? This yeah, season? I think... Down the left, you've got Rico Henry there, who we were talking earlier about Southgate picking like four right backs. Yes. It's an injustice that he's not got to go uh, yeah, uh, because he has been outstanding for us this season. I've never, um, you know, I've, I've seen, I think, I maybe missed one or two games this season. I've not seen anyone come close to Henry in terms of uh, left backs. Uh and I don't see Luke Shaw or Chilwell being being better than him. You know, I, I actually thought Shaw played well against Germany, but uh, mm -hmm. you know, Henry's in a different league at the moment from those two, so that's very difficult to accept that that he's not in the squad. Again, just looking at the positive, the fact he's going to get a month off in uh, in November December is quite handy, mm -hmm. and he's not going to return injured and all that stuff, but. Uh, you know, you, you need to keep an eye on him. Uh, he comes forward rapidly. No one, no one kind of beats him. He's just too quick. He's too competitive. He, he's a hell of a player. Uh, Damsgaard, is he, you know, is he ready to fire yet? I don't know. But if he does, then, uh, you know, he, he, he'll be a threat. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think anyone's going to have to play really well to get past Ben Mee tomorrow on the form he's in. And you're right, I think Mbwemo and Tony are a good combination. And Mbwemo's got electric pace. Yeah. He'll check everything. He's got pretty good ball control. He is a random finisher, though. That's the problem. You know, when he's, when he's in front of goal, no one knows if it's going to go anywhere near the target or not. So <laughs> but he combines really well with Ivan Tony. That They know each other's games. They play each other in. Quite often, actually, you'll see Mbwemo play ahead of Tony, which is quite interesting. So he's there on the shoulder ready for a through ball, often from Ivan himself, you know. Yeah. And, and the last player I'd mentioned there, actually, who has been, I think, lucky to still be with Brentford because his performances over the last two or three years have been uh, uh, inconsistent and disappointing is Matthias Jensen. This season he's been superb. He's been one of our best players. And right. it's like he's thriving, it seems, on the gap that... Uh, Ericsson's left. So he's one to keep an eye on. Very good on the ball. 
more competitive than he ever used to be. Uh, and he's quite an elegant player, actually. Interesting. Interesting. That it, it, So the left side is where you think we're um, you're going to cause us the most trouble? I think Dan's so, yeah. Side, Rico Henry, so. Damsgaard, uh, yeah. and the rest of it. We need to worry about the interchange in between Mbomo and, uh, and Tony. Uh, exactly. likes to, uh, it, from watching him, Bromley, he likes to make these runs in between the lines, in between the yeah. full back and the centre back. So, in between this area here, um, right. and Sean appear on that side. Tony will be front and centre. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he gets up against Botman. Botman has been outstanding for Newcastle yeah. United. Uh, he really, really looks the part in his big, strong. You know, Botman's what, six, five, six, four, six, five himself. Big, strong, you know, quick for a centre-back as well. Fantastic on the ball. It's going to be interesting to see how Tony gets on there. Because Tony scored last time, but it was a bit of a gift in which he scored at St. James's Park. Um, be interesting to see whether he gets the same chances again. But, boys, um, Keith, uh, Chris, I, I, uh, I, this is the team that I've selected. Yeah, I, I, I obviously want to know your thoughts on the team in itself. And I've gone for a... A similar looking team um, for uh, the, the, obviously the, the game that was won last weekend. I've only made one change. It may maybe even being a bit harsh to make that change. And I've gone with Joe Linton here. Um, and the reason why I've gone with Joe Linton is look, look Murphy had a good game. I, I can't argue um, that. But with Joe Linton back in the team, like he has to play, in my opinion, he has to be mm. in the team. But how do you, how do you? take out of the team a two assists from Willock, um, a goal from Longstaff and Bruno just being Bruno. Yeah. How, yeah. How, do you, how do you replace that midfield? So I've gone with Joe Linton on the left because mm. interestingly, against Brentford at St. James's last season, he played on the left, scored a goal and played very, very well in that position. Yes. And in, look, we can talk about Alan St. Maximin, who in training today just looks like he's bang on form again. Yeah, I've seen in that. Clip, he scored a wonder goal in, in training today. He looks the part. He looks like he's back. <clears throat> but I just, I've got a feeling he might not start. But yeah. look, Chris, I'll come to you first. Like, what do you think mm. of that team that I put out there? Do you agree? Um, and, and what maybe would you do differently? And, uh, and, and more, more importantly, where do you think we'll, we'll win the game? Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with what Lewis has said. I think the left-hand side for Brentford certainly looks the strongest. Um, interestingly, and I, I always, I always normally say that you know, well, I, I can't. I'm trying to move my case, but it won't make a difference. I normally <laughs> say that the game is is going to be won by Bruno. Um, and you know, when when you look at uh, Jan Elton, me, it's always around that area for us going forward i always think you know callum wilson now you know having callum wilson back it's a massive massive coup for us that having callum wilson there miggy obviously you know played fantastically well last game but interestingly i think this time <laughs> um i'm gonna say i think the game is going to be won probably in the middle i would say in between of botman shah and longstaff because yeah. i think ivan tony drops deep and it's whether or not it'd be interesting to see how Botman and Shah deal with that. Because if Botman, I think what Ivan Tony's going to do is obviously he likes to, you know, drop deep with the link up play. And I think it will be interesting to see what Sean Longstaff's role is going to be in that. Because I think if you draw either Botman or Shah out to deal with Tony, that's when Embuemo is then on a one on one. 
So I think it'll be interesting to see if Eddie Howe is basically saying, you know, to the likes of Sean Longstaff, when Brentford have got the ball, keep an eye on where Ivan Tony's going so that it doesn't pull Botman and Shard out of position. Because I can just see it now, you know, as I say, when Tony collects it deep, I don't want to see Shard or Botman going out to him because I think you can just see a little dink over the top or you can see Tony laying it off and then the ball going into Embuemo, who's who's really, really quick um, yeah. and could, could cause us some big problems. I must so admit, that, I... Oh, sorry. I was going to say, so I've got the ball here from Jan or Jensen, putting yeah. this ball into here, Tony yeah. receives it here, and then if they're getting sucked up into this area, yeah. where, uh, uh, you know, uh, Embuemo's in... in, in into this little space there is that what you're saying yeah no that's exactly that's exactly it um and whether it be the both of them get sucked in or even one of them it can just leave it a little bit lopsided and then all of a sudden you've got Embuemo one-on-one with either Botman or Shard depends on which which side he goes and obviously you've got the threat of Damsgaard who's a bit of an unknown the silver who as Lewis said you know he's a uh, he was very, very highly rated, wasn't he, Lewis? And I know you said yeah. that he was out for a period of time, and then he burst back on the scene, didn't he? Was it was it the Manu game where he came back, or did he had a couple of yeah, games no, before that came, game? He came on as a sub against Leicester mm. and got our second, got the equalizer. No, sorry, got the first goal in that game, brought us back into the game. But he's not really, and and he was good against United, but he's not really kicked on since then. And we're all a little bit worried that he's, you know. You know, he, he's not going to be quite the player that he, he looked like he was, A, that he was, and B, like he looked like he could become. Because we all thought he'd just be an absolute natural in the Premier League, and it's not quite happened yet. Mm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's still time for him. He's still relatively young, isn't he? I think. Yeah, yeah, he's probably 25 or yeah. thereabouts. Yeah. yeah, I think I think the interesting thing, Pete, which you were talking about, is that left-hand side. I completely agree. I think that Joe Linton... Um, I think Joe Linton has to play. Um, me personally, I probably, I, think, I don't know, I don't know what you're feeling on this. Maybe I'm thinking too much about the Leicester game. I don't know. I'd probably put Joe Linton in the middle, and I'd put Willock on the left if I was going to do that. Willock, Willock's got the legs as well. I think Willock up and down, and obviously we saw that lung busting run um, when we played Leicester, and then you know Willock put the ball in, and Bruno Edder, the rest was history. Um, I just love um, Joe Linton in the middle. And I think Bruno and Joe Linton really complement each other. Um, and don't forget, they've just recently dyed the hair as well, Pete. So, you know, we'll, we've got yeah. our two white blondes in the middle. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I think the left-hand side will be interesting. I don't think St. Maximum will start. I think he'll he'll probably come off the bench, like you like you say. Um, I think the back four pits itself at the minute. I don't think you can swap that back four. Um, obviously, Pope's going to start. Longstaff, it will be very harsh to drop him. Um, Miggy, fantastic. Wilson back on form, and obviously with Isaac out. So I, I think I think you've got the, the you know the starting eleven pretty spot on. What I will be interested to see is what happens on that left hand side and whether they decide to play Joe Linton there because of obviously what he did last time against uh, Brentford, or whether they decide to put someone out more out there with legs. Who knows? Could give Fraser a go. Could keep with Murphy. Who knows? But I think they're the two positions that have probably got the most, um, you know, confusion around, I'd say. Can, can I just jump in there? The, it's interesting uh, that you, neither of you are kind of imagining that Sam, is it Sam Maximan? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. That he, his performance last year against Brentford was by far the best performance by any player that I saw last season. He just tore us apart we couldn't handle him from minute one to minute 90 and 
Joe Linton was outstanding as well. And it's interesting because I'd I'd heard all this stuff that he was like substandard and and then he was like really impressive against us and we thought, oh God, he's become good at the wrong time. One <laughs> was just unreal. You know, we just couldn't cope with him at all. And he looked similar against uh, that game I was going on about earlier against Man City on the telly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he yeah. was like, you know, on a it's like just unstoppable. Uh, so if he's not going to start, I'm really happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be honest, Lewis, the, the only reason that Pete and I probably think he won't start is because, am I right in saying Pete, it's about, been about six weeks he's been out? Yeah, he's been close to that. He got his. Um, it was the. It's been six weeks. It was the. It was the Wolves game because he scored the wonder goal, didn't he? He scored yeah. the wonder goal, and then it was um, hobbled off. Yeah, uh, he, he, he okay, had a yeah, run. Yeah. He scored the wonder goal against Wolves to obviously um, draw it one all. He then went on a run like two minutes later in a goal. And I think, I, I remember, because we were both at the game, Chris, I remember like yeah. when he ran through, as soon as he hit it, he hit it really awkwardly. Um, and obviously the keeper saved it, but he, straight away, as soon as he kicked the board, he, he went straight to his hamstring. And I was like, oh, um, and, and he's been out ever since. So it must have been a, 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 a bad one. But how is very cautious and likes them to be 100% fit before they come back in. He's not a he's not a Bruce where he kind of risks them at 80%. Yeah. So it could well be that in the last week or so, he's had intensive training. He's trained a week, as Hal said in his press conference today. So it could well be the quite opposite. It could well be, you know, this situation in the... He goes ASM here, Willock here, because I, I just think he'll, he'll struggle to drop Willock. And, and he'll play ASM and they'll give him 60 minutes and say, right, give me 60 minutes of your absolute best. And then he brings Dolinton on to play that role. Or, as Chris quite rightly said, and it'd be interesting to see how it works, plays Willock there later on uh, and, and Joe, Will, Joe, um, Joe Linton in the middle to be that kind of ball breaker as, as we talk about. He just breaks up the play and hopefully yeah. we're, we're in a comfortable position where he can just stop any attacks from Brentford later on in the game. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that one works. But Keith, you know, it, it, are, are we wrong in, in this assessment? Would you agree with the Willock? You know, Willock on the left, Joe Linton in the middle. Would you have it the reverse? Where do you think we're going to win the game potentially? Definitely in the midfield, and definitely, yeah, Joe Linton's key to that, and um, Bruno as well, because that game against um, Fulham, compared to the previous games, it was night and day, really. The the two areas, really, that struck me in those games, that game against Fulham was uh, Bruno's impact and um, Colin Wilson as well. Colin Wilson's just got the ability to sort of, he just seemed to be that, player that last final third player we were missing in the games before those games we were struggling to, at home at St James's really um and I was so happy you know the first 11 minutes us into the game when he got that goal um and he just he's just got the ability to bring the other players forward really and link them in and just so I think that's your your main areas really where it's it's going to be crucial tomorrow um, I can see Colin Wilson scoring at St James's tomorrow, um, and it, again I think ESM will factor. Uh, 
will it be on the wing? Will it, will, he, will he make the change and, and take um, Joe Linton off? Or if it's Willock, sort of 60, 70 minutes in, will he bring ESM in if the game's going really well? Or will it be Wilson? Because Wilson obviously still isn't match fit. Is he going to take him off after 65, 70 minutes and put ESM in there again? Um, if the game's going well, if Newcastle are a couple of goals up, you know, we might see the likes of ASM being brought in maybe 65 minutes in. Just to add as well, Pete, um, just, to, just to follow on, I just did a little check. So the Wolves game was the 28th of August. So it'll be six weeks on Sunday since ASM plays. Um, and I think it was because we had that week off, didn't we, for, you know, obviously uh, the passing of yeah. the Queen. Um, yes. So that's probably what's yeah. extended, extended the break. But going back to what you were saying there before, Pete, you know, about the ASM video. And yeah, it was a fantastic finish, wasn't it, in training? But like, did you know, did you notice how many bandages he had on his legs? <laughs> and when he was sitting there, I was thinking, no, don't, don't get injured again. Literally, it, uh, to be fair, I think it's something that he does in training. In that he has those because it's the it's kind of those bandages it's the huge bandages that protect his hamstrings because what they do they're tight to his hamstrings so they keep they keep everything locked in um it's like when um like cyclists wear like the, that lycra they keep it keeps them it keeps like their muscles that kind of like really tight in i don't know how it works from a you know um sort of you know from a physical point of view i don't know how it works but apparently it does it keeps it like really locked in so it avoids any pulls uh, or any strains so i think that's how he trains i don't expect him to wear them on on saturday if he does i don't know i have no idea but yeah i did see them uh and, and it was very very interesting it seems it seems like the, the longer he's been playing for his the more wrapped up he is like i could just imagine him coming on with his like dressing gown at some point <laughs> <laughs> he'd just be completely wrapped up like whilst he's playing the match uh but yeah uh, it, was, it was very very interesting but he did he did look back to his lightning best but very very confident on the ball running at speed it's exactly what we wanted um, wanted to see that's for sure but what was interesting about that and i don't know if anyone in the chat had, had caught on to it themselves and i don't know if if any of you keith or or, or chris had noticed it but obviously you talked about the 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 bruno joe linton the hair um style and i think they did they put it out today or was it yesterday that they put it out about the hair um, the dye in the hair was it yesterday? Oh, it was, it was today or last night. So, yeah. what was interesting about that is that obviously, um, the, the during the training sessions, um, it had a mixture. So, uh, if you watch the clips uh, in the video, you know, you got at the beginning of the training session, um, Bruno and Joe Linton have got like dark hair, and then parts way through, <laughs> they've got blonde hair. So, it's clearly a mix and match of training um over the course of the last few days but what you see in that is is a, a alan st maximum constantly involved in training so he's been in first team training constantly in with in with all that intensity probably for at least this week um which which gives us a lot of confidence that he's ready to yeah. to be involved heavily in the game in one way shape or form so it'll be interesting to see how it all comes about and how it all works um uh, that's for sure so Pete, just yeah. to add um sorry yeah. just one last thing i was just going to ask you do you think do you think it's slightly harsh if we drop murphy 
given the performance from last game? Or do you think, you know, as soon as Maxi turns, you know, say, say Eddie Al's like, I want to start Maxi. You know, I know we've spoke about this loads of times before and, you know, if Maxi's fit, Maxi plays kind of thing. But do you think it would be harsh to drop Murphy, you know, to accommodate Joe Linton, for example, if it was, you know, about getting Joe Linton back in? I, I do. I think he's had a decent game, but he's also had a lot of games where he's come on and done nothing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. therefore, like, it, you know, with Joe Linton, he, for me, he has to play. He's had a he's had a week of training. He's back fit again. He's passed his knee problem. He's one of those ever presents, and it must be a bad injury that keeps him out because he's had injuries with his groin and with his knees, with his back, and he's always come back and played. And he wanted to play on Saturday. That's why he was in the squad, but. How didn't want to risk him, but now he's had a week of training. He feels back to his best. I think, I think there's there's always going to be room for Joe Linton. I thought I think he's always going to start, but um, yeah, I, it's going to be interesting. Really, really interesting. I really like Lewis from your perspective how Brentford are going to line up, and I'm really interested to see that uh, Jansen in particular how he plays because mm-hmm. you said he's been one of your best players, um, and how he comes up against the likes of Bruno. And potentially Willock or Joe Linton in that midfield, but equally, I'm really interested to hear how Tony comes up against the likes of Botman and Sharp. I really like, uh, uh, you know, it's, this is going to be a, a different type of test for Botman and Shaw. They've been very, very good this season when they played together. Very good, but this would be a, a real big test for them. It would be interesting to see how things go uh, go on. But look. Um, as we're getting towards the end, uh, I, I want to get some predictions, guys. So, um, come five o'clock uh, on on Saturday evening, what what do we think the scores are going to be? So, uh, Chris, I'll, um, I'll 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 come to you first. Do you know what I I feel? Um, and maybe Lewis doesn't want to hear this. I I feel, especially after the performance against Fulham. Um, I, I just feel really confident. I think I think we're going into the game. You know, having Callum Wilson back's a big plus. Having Bruno's back's a big plus. Um, possibly Maxi as well. I mean, you know, I I just think at home we we're, we're a big threat. And you know, it'd be interesting to hear Lewis's thoughts on that as well. I think coming to St James's Park now is no longer um you know an, an easy game which i know a lot of a lot of clubs used to think you know what we'll yeah. just turn up here and get the three points i don't feel that that's the case with newcastle anymore um i think off the back of that fulham result you know going away from home i've seen people saying today which is a valid point you know people going um you know we need we need this win um because otherwise you know if we were to get a draw or potentially lose against brentford then that fulham away win kind of you know is watered down a little bit so it's important that you know we get those back-to-back wins so for me I think I think we're going to go out on the front foot. I think I think we're going to you know really really push Brentford and really go for Brentford. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go for the stupendous. I'm gonna say three one. I think Newcastle will win three one. Gone for it three one. Uh, so uh, Lewis, I'll come to you from a Brentford perspective. Uh, yeah. Come five o'clock, you're going to be there in the away end. Uh, what do you think the result's going to be um, at St James's Park? My heart says thrill, same as last season. I think there'll be lots of goals in it. I think Yulot will definitely score. I think we'll score. And, you know, I think it's going to be a game full of attacking football and a really good game. My head says, I would agree with Chris. I can see it being like 3-1, 4-2 possibly. I think you'll edge it. Uh, we, we were poor 
I mean, Bournemouth was a bit of a nothing game. I couldn't go to that game, actually, because they haven't got enough like, spaces in their away end for people without absolute top kind of uh, loyalty points like myself. So I didn't go to that, but it sounded like a drab game and we were the better side, but it, you know, it's a very poor performance. Previous game against Arsenal, you know, we were outclassed, to be honest. So we're not on the best run in the world. And looking at your lineup there, including let's say Nick Pope, Nick Pope in goal, who is he was awful against Germany, I thought actually. But uh, you know, in terms of shot stopping, he's as good as anyone in the league. I think I'm a huge fan of his. So yeah, I I, I would be delighted with a point. With a point, I think that you guys will edge it, but there'll be goals, be lots of goals. It'll be a really good game. Interesting, interesting. Uh, goals, 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 it seems like. Uh, Keith, we can always have some realism from yourself. Uh, interested to know your thoughts about how it's going to um, come about. Is it going to be uh, the Keith realism in terms of a draw? Um, uh, uh, are you going to sit on the fence or are you going to go one way or the other? What do you think? Well, this sort of fence that I've been sitting on for many weeks now is sort of getting rather thorny. It's starting to hurt really. <laughs> um, Newcastle have to win tomorrow. Um, I think. Yeah, not. I don't want to be arrogant about this, or you know, but you know, for aspirations that we have, and if we say we're a good team and we're going in the right direction. We've got to start winning St. James's Park. It seems like a while. You know, it's nearly two months, I believe, since that opening day victory against um, Nottingham Forest. That said, though, I have been impressed by Brentford's start of the season in particular, the brilliant result against Man United, Ben May, etc. in that game, um, and as well against Leeds as well. Some impressive wins there at the new Brentford Stadium. So as well, I, I was surprised when looking at the stats, the home and away difference there a little bit with the the performances and goals that were leaked. So for that reason, I'm predicting tomorrow will be a hell of a cracking game. It's going to be a fantastic atmosphere. Um, early doors with the one-year takeover anniversary and the weekend, etc. I'm thinking there's going to be shots flying in from both sides. I think the crossbar is going to be hit. I there's going to be shots going everywhere on the underside of the crossbar. There's going to, <laughs> there could be a penalty in there or two. There could be a penalty for both sides, but I think it's going to be a thrilling game. But I think Newcastle will edge it 2-1. Oh, he's gone. He's there, gone it he's there it is. Nobody, nobody's, nobody's, nobody's on Watch the Watch it will be 1-0 to Brentford tomorrow. <laughs> no, I've said <laughs> yeah, that. It's going to be 2-1. 2-1 tomorrow at Newcastle. Oh, brilliant. Uh, no, I, I, I love it. I love it. Um, oh, well done for getting yourself off that thorny fence, uh, Keith, and you, you predicted a Newcastle win. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think it'll be a relatively close game. Brentford, Brentford are, are a good side. Um, you know, we, we have to respect Brentford. Um, coming to St. James's Park last season, they got a point. Um, Well-deserved as well. Uh, but I, I do think it'll be close. But I think Newcastle win 2-1. Um, I, I do see them getting a goal, maybe even scoring first and Newcastle potentially coming back. But um, yeah, I, I've got a feeling that if both teams scores, it'll be Tony and Wilson that will get the goals. I've just got a feeling that the English striking contingent will be 
uh, will be on fire. And it wouldn't surprise me, if, I don't know if, the, if it's the case, wouldn't surprise me if Gareth Southgate's watching this game um, on, on Saturday if he comes to St. James's Park to watch it. It wouldn't surprise me at all because they are the two ones, uh, two strikers that England are looking at, really, uh, for the World Cup. Abraham's, yes, but I think they're the ones that are fighting out for that position at this moment in time. So, Swift journey, yeah. It's worth the journey. There's pl- plenty of talent for him to watch there. Plenty. Yeah. From from both teams, for sure. Um, and it would benefit him to go there. And he has been going back to Newcastle a little bit more often since the takeover. Um, surprising that. But, uh, yeah, he's been coming back in, uh, up north, um, you know, uh, to, to watch a few more matches. So let's let's see how that pans out. But, look, um, I, are there any couple of quick-fire questions before we wrap up and let, let um, Lewis go? I think there's maybe a couple of questions in there for Lewis. Um, just yeah, we head off. That absolutely is, mate. This was an interesting one from Paul Hodgson. Um, so I'm assuming Paul's asking you this, Lewis, in terms of maybe if Tony moves on, not necessarily, yeah. you know, January, maybe next summer or whatever. Would you have Ollie Watkins back at Brentford? Uh, Villa still don't know what they need. Yeah, that's a good. It's a really good question. I love Ollie Watkins. You know what? Uh, what a fantastic person. Apart from anything else, I, I actually rate Ivan Tony higher than Ollie Watkins uh, and we tend not to go back for players so for instance you know there was talk, I would have loved Saeed Ben Rama to come back because he's mm-hmm. been absolutely ruined at West Ham I think you know he's and he'd be let off the leash at Brentford but they didn't go back in for him and I think that's quite telling so I think in reality we wouldn't go for Ollie Watkins. What we do, what we always do, is we go for a young player that no one's ever heard of, and and uh, try and get some value from that uh, transaction. You know, so uh, again, my heart says yes, I'd love him back. You know, in a heartbeat. My my head says I don't think they go for him, and actually, I trust in the way that the clubs run. You know, that they, they will make the right call, and I don't think that would be Ollie. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, he would cost. I think he cost a lot of money to bring back, wouldn't yeah, he? Like you say, yeah. maybe it wouldn't. You but, know. but I, but I think uh, you know, Villa Villa are interesting because they've got two top class strikers there. But mm-hmm. I, if I was Danny Ings, I would look for a move because I I can't see those two really combining effectively. They got the same issue with uh, uh, Coutinho and Buendia, you know, where they're pretty much the same player really to some extent and so you've got four top quality players there really only two of whom can play every week so that they've and they've got some average players in other positions so they're they're concentrated in a few areas really so I think those four players are perhaps playing for the wrong football club yeah, we've got. I've got two more questions for you, Lewis. Um, yeah, yeah, quite quick ones. Um, but what, well, <laughs> Jordy Toon for life said this is a question. It's not really a question. It's more just an observation, which I thought was a really good one. Uh, he says, "Does Lewis know we have a completely different back four plus a new goalkeeper than when we did when we played Brentford last season at home yeah. in in that three three game?" Which is I do, I do, and you know, yeah, I'm predicting goals, but I do take that point from the goalkeeper forward to that back four that looks a really different proposition from what it was last season so I know it's going to be tougher I've just got that feeling that like Keith was saying it's going to be exciting and I think both teams will be let off the handbrake yeah and Brentford constantly surprise us you know uh, 
you know, it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't be unthinkable for us to actually boss the game tomorrow. It's possible. It's quite possible and spoil your party. I don't know too much about your new centre-back, but you guys obviously really rate him. Nick Pope is fantastic. Trippier looks really good and God, he can take a, a dead ball kick. So, uh, yeah, I know it's going to be tougher than it was last year. We haven't had a Trippier special for a while, have we? Oh, six yeah. weeks, Man, Man City, six, seven weeks. Um, yeah, yeah that must have been that must be seven weeks, wasn't it? Was, yeah. That was to be before yeah. the Wolves game, wasn't it? Well, let's say weeks. Sorry, Lewis, I think he's doing another one. Uh, yeah, he's good, great yeah. stuff, Chris. Time's yeah. ticking. Come yeah. on, Chips. you know what you need to do. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, any more, any more for, for Lewis before we sign off? Yes, yeah, so we've got two more uh, really quick ones. So Michael Pomar said, I watched the first half of the Brentford game at the weekend. Honestly, I lost all desire to watch the second half as there was so much sloppy play and little quality. What was Lewis's take on the game? Well, I didn't actually watch it live because, like I said, I couldn't get a ticket. Uh, and I was at a music festival, actually, in Brighton on the day. So I was uh, so I was keeping an eye. I was with a couple of Brentford fans who also couldn't get. So we were keeping an eye on the, like, you know, the, the, the updates and stuff. It sounded quite a miserable game. My friends who did go to the game said it was dire. So uh, I think uh, Michael is absolutely spot on there. I saw the, the highlights on Match of the Day and again, it didn't look like much. I like that. I think it's just one of those games you just have to write it off and, uh, you know, uh, a point wasn't too bad result, but it sounds like three points were there for the taking. Yeah. And then the, the final question's from Yano and Yano's, Yano's kind of weirded it twice, but I'll, I'll use the, the first one that Yano's put and Yano has said, question for Lewis, given the poor reaction, of many fans to the relocation how do you feel the move has been for your club yeah well i think all of us uh were apprehensive because while griffin park was kind of fairly run down and you know you had to hold your nose when you went into the toilets and stuff <laughs> uh, actually in so many ways they they've done it really well it's very near to where it was it's still part of the community. It's not one of these out-of-town clubs, you know, which are sold, you know, some of the... I went to Colchester for the first time this season and, Jesus, that's like on the edge of a motorway. And it's just... So So it's still part of the community. Uh, the ground itself is, yes, it's a new ground, but it's a lot better than uh, a lot of the other new grounds. It, it, it They've done something really good with the... Uh, sound there so the sound stays locked in and it really it really is kind of kicking on match day so I think you know everyone is just really pleasantly surprised and relieved and uh, yeah it's funny how quickly you forget about Griffin Park uh, and I don't think it's just me I think you know a lot of fans would say that it was like this big big kind of threat to everyone's enjoyment of Saturday afternoon was the move of the ground, but they've done it so well. And Brentford keep on getting stuff right. You know, it's such a well-run club. That's for sure. But no, uh, great questions as always. Thank you for those in the chat that put those questions to, to Lewis today. And look, um, 
as always, before we, we, we sign off, we have to say thank you to our sponsors. So um, Simon's been in the chat, Shyburns, www.shyburns.com. Get involved with all uh, of his fantastic gear that's available. Um, and as well, it all is to a good cause with massive support to um, mental health. Um, so thank you for your contributions as always, Simon. Um, and of course, I mean, you haven't, haven't yet grabbed one of his fantastic t-shirts, um, please do one of our loaded specials. And of course, the one I'm wearing, that you might be able to see uh, in the corner of your screen, <laughs> the old classic Brazilian uh, away days t-shirt. If you haven't got one, uh, get yourself one. They are fantastic and really, really good quality as well. Really good quality. Uh, I enjoy wearing this one on a Thursday evening. Thank you to Pins and Prints. Um, as always, Pins and Prints, massive, massive supporters of the channel. Um, get your pins and your various prints that are available. Um, Dad's shown you one or two from last night um, of those Pins and Prints. There was the Craig Benemy one that was on the, the other side um, for, from a pins point of view that was fantastic uh, as well. And, of course, Marty from Machine House, thank you uh, for your continued support. Uh, some of their new range here, some of their new tops that are available. Uh, we love the fact that we have some local sponsors representing Loaded Mag and UFC, and Marty is one of them as well with Machine House's fantastic gear. So if you haven't been to Machine House, um, get involved in that. And of course, our newest sponsor, um, Dean, hope you're well and recovering well after your, your bad injury playing football. Um, uh, you know, we uh, we we obviously sending our best wishes your way uh the geordie rise so um again another um fantastic local sponsor um uh, and they have some brilliant brilliant gear um very very different to what shyburns and machine house are offering and of course uh some of it is um newcastle related as well and uh of course uh, I, I love that top i might um it's cool. It's, it? on, it's on my. It's on my list. That is for sure. And thank you, everyone. Of course, we can't leave by saying we're on the way to five thousand. We're keeping pushing. We're moving um, nicely towards that five k. So, if any new um, subscribers to the chat um, that have seen this, just click the subscribe button. It just takes one click of a button, but it means so much to us, and we really, really appreciate your support. And if you haven't already, click that thumbs up button that lets everyone know about this show and it means that more people can access it and see the fantastic chat that we've had from both Keith and, and Lewis as well uh, from a Brentford perspective. And of course, if you want to be a member, $1.99 a month, click that blue button that you can see on the screen that says join and become a member of the Loaded family. Um, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant um, show as always. And of course, what's to come? Is Saturday, uh, potentially Saturday, potentially Sunday. We'll let you know what's happening. But um, yeah, we'll be doing a Brentford reaction. Hopefully talk about three points from a Newcastle perspective. But equally, uh, as Simon mentioned, I think it's going to be an entertaining game regardless. So I think there'll be lots to talk about. So come and join us for that loaded reaction. And we'll let you know at the exact time and day that it's going to be taking place. But look, Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure um, having um, all of you on. Thank you, Lewis. Firstly, from a Brentford perspective, from Basotted, it's his second time on the show. Really, really enjoy it. We'd love to have you back for the return fixture um, sure. later on in the season. Um, it'd be great to have you on uh, and, and join us. There's, there's no doubt about it. And Keith, 
Statman, double O Stato, always a pleasure, never a toy. And you know what? Um, your, your your comments uh, um, regarding Martin were absolutely spot on. So, uh, from our loaded point of view, you know, thank you to to you for for sharing your points of view um, about that. And you know, we wish Martin all the best uh, as always. And and, and look, Keith, we're, we're, I'm sure we'll have you on in the weeks uh, and days to come with more away days antics. And Chris, great to have you back. Great to, Great, to back. Back, mate. Great to be back, mate. Glad to be back. And no doubt you'll be um, uh, around and about for lots and lots of shows that are coming up yes. as well. No more uh, breaks. Yeah, no, no more holidays. Don't no leave more. it as long this time, Chris. Don't, please. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone in the chat, thank you so much for your questions and your loyalty and your support. We at Loaded massively, massively appreciate it. And of course, um, uh, have a fantastic weekend. Fingers crossed for three points. And we do love playing away. You take care. Have a good evening. Speak to you soon. Bye, guys.